Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited! He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette Sports. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so well. All right, so we're going to put ourselves on a great show today. I got your buddy Terry Peebles on with us. Coach Terry Peebles of the Harrison Raiders is going to be on with us here in just a little bit. Um, he'll discuss that win over West Lafayette, plus what the team has in store for Friday against Plainfield. So let's get started. Let's do it like we always do. It's time for the Need to Know News. Here's your need-to-know news. Cubs 7-6 winners last night over the Tigers. Two runs in the top of the ninth. Not only gave them the lead, but was enough to hold on there, too, as well. 2-4-9 for Seiya Suzuki. Two runs solo homer for the big guy. Assad, five and a third. Five hits, two earn, four Ks. And they pick up a half game on Milwaukee, who had the night off last night. Cubs are back tonight at Detroit, 640. Drew Smiley, he'll get the start against Reese Olsen. They remain two and a half back on the Brew Crew, who opened up a series at home tonight against Minnesota. White Sox demolished last night, 14-2. Seattle pitcher Luis Castillo, between the fourth and seventh innings, through only fastballs, 47 straight fastballs, two and four seamers. He gave up five hits, one run, struck out nine White Sox. To Saint, not great. Four innings, seven hits, seven runs, two homers, four walks, three strikeouts. Sox batters strike out a total of 14 times. They'll need a better effort tonight. As Brian Wu hits the mound. Versus Clevenger. That's especially bad if you remember what I told you yesterday that the Seattle Mariners are 27th out of 30 in batting average at their home park. But they're hot in August right now. 15 and 4 in August. If you bet 100 bucks on every game in August on the Mariners, money line, you'd be up $978 right now. Insane. All right, second joint practice between the Eagles and Colts came to an end early today. Fights, too many of them. Jason Kelsey got chippy. Took offense to a hit that Colts linebacker Zaire Franklin put on um, Kenneth Gainwell. Wasn't happy about that. Kelsey laid into Franklin. Brawl ensued. There have been multiple brawls reportedly out there at camp, one of which I was reading that Richardson got popped in one of them. 
Now, it was announced that he will start Thursday night. Meanwhile, the Colts have given permission to Jonathan Taylor to seek a trade. Colts reportedly want a first rounder for the running back or compensation equal to it. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about it in a little bit. But I think they're crazy. But I think there's a method to this madness. No word on if he'll suit up and play for the Colts or if he's just, you know, done. Maybe he's just done. Purdue baseball gets a home and home with, or uh, sorry, basketball gets a Purdue basketball with a home and home against Notre Dame. Women's team will play each other starting this season, December 17th at Notre Dame. They'll return the favor 2024 in Mackey. Purdue football names its captains Hudson Carr, Nick Scourton, Gus Hartwig, Sanusi Kane, TJ Sheffield are your captains for the 2023 season. Congratulations to Harrison's coach Terry Peebles, the Region 4 Colts coach of the week. After that, Raiders offense exploded for 28 points in the fourth quarter to beat West Lafayette. We're going to talk with coach in just a little bit here about that and more. So looking forward to that. There you go. That's uh, your need to know news for today. I know I got you a little excited thinking that was going to be men's basketball. You don't know more Mike Bray up there. And we you know, kind of have a coach that's a kind of Purdue friendly. So maybe we can finally get this Notre Dame Purdue thing going back again in basketball. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Not this year. Maybe next. All right. We're trying to find some winners tonight. Because last night, honestly, was a little brutal. Right? The Ravens streak ended at the hands of the Commanders. The, the just, 20-plus game preseason streak, it's over for Baltimore. Shocking. Baseball was, I don't know, tips I gave you I don't think did too great. I mean, I felt like Olsen was a good pick yesterday. Well, he had a terrible, he got walked like three times. That's brutal. He's plus 300 to Dinger today and Dinger Tuesday. Could be a good play for you. Other guys we kind of like today. Ryan Mountcastle up against a pitcher. He edited this Blue Jays pitcher. I don't know how to say his name properly. Kikuchi, is that how I say it right? Hits a home run in four of his last six games versus him. He's covering hits, runs, and RBIs in five of his last six as well. He In his last four against the Blue Jays, he's averaging five and a half hits, runs, and RBIs per game. That's a good bat for y'all to have. I just... Man, I, I wish I had some more for you today. It's, uh, I haven't found anybody I get, like, super excited about. I, I personally have shaded away from Dinger Tuesday for the last month or so. Some people like it. That's cool. Me, eh. Baseball's just getting too unpredictable.
I'm to the point now where I feel like I've, I, I, I've taken uh, I've taken a couple of losses on baseball at this point, and you're just like, ah, I'm ready for college football. We'll talk college football later this week. Week zero, there is college football. You're not getting you're not getting Purdue, sadly. But I think you got a couple of. I mean, Notre Dame hosting Navy in Dublin. Is interesting. I think you look at that and say twenty some odd points. Oh boy, that's that should be good for Notre Dame. But you got to remember, Navy eats up a lot of clock. I mean, that's the premier matchup there. USC takes on San Jose State, and then you're stuck with like you know Hawaii at Vanderbilt, Ohio at San Diego State, UMass and New Mexico State. Not exactly games that make you feel warm and fuzzy on Saturday, but it is football. So I will get that to look forward to later on this week. All right, hey, why don't you hang tight here? We're going to come right back. Coach Terry Peebles, he is the uh, Area 4 Coach of the Week. They had such a great performance, especially in the fourth quarter, uh, against West Lafayette. I'm sure he's in a very good mood after having his birthday last week. He got the win. He's Coach of the Week. He's on fire right now, and he joins us next. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The Hammer. It is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Over to our Hammerhead hotline we go, Coach Terry Peebles of the Harrison Raiders, who is your Region 4 Coach of the Week, by the way. Congratulations to you, sir, on that. Coming off a big win over West Lafayette on Friday night, 42-6. to Buddy, how are you? I'm doing, doing well this week. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's going pretty good. Buy the lottery ticket while you got some time here. Um, I, you know, I was just telling you here... It, if you would have told me that Harrison comes out over West Lafayette, I, said, I would have said, yeah, I could definitely see that happening. I thought it would be a, a somewhat close game. But the, the 28 fourth quarter points and and the way you guys uh, just kind of closed that door in the fourth quarter, I, that was something a little special. I, that was that was pretty darn good. You guys went three, you held West Lafayette to three scoreless quarters. Uh, just an overall, I think, great performance out of the Raiders. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, it was a, it was a tale of two years. Uh, last year, we kind of fell apart in the second half of the game a little bit and, uh, you know, blew a 14 nothing lead to lose by two touchdowns. And I, I think they, they're, they're probably upset with the way they played in the second half, uh, this year, um, you know, with the two turnovers and, and giving up more points than what they're probably used to. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things. Sometimes you get the bear, sometimes the bear gets you and, uh, I've been on their side before, but it, it, it's good to be on. It's good to be on the winning side. I'll tell you what. The one thing that stands out in the box score, besides you know some of the bigger numbers here, is you go down and you look, take a look at your leading rushers: senior, 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 sophomore, senior, senior, uh, receivers, senior, 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 senior. When you you know have that kind of leadership, especially in the backfield, guys like. You know, Ethan Pop, Carter Canoy, we talked about them, but, you know, you're rolling a guy like Blake Soldati, who was uh, great for you there in a couple of uh, big spots as well. And, you know, he does so great in the misdirection. And, uh, I mean, geez, you got a wealth of tools to work with here on this offense. Yeah, we, we definitely have some holes at a few positions, but our running back position is, is not necessarily one of them. Um, Chris Ferguson's only a junior, and, and he had a great game. Uh, but, but other than Chris, yeah, it, it, it was. Uh, we, we we leaned on the seniors quite a bit. Uh, we had two different seniors catch touchdown passes. Calix Dillon 
Uh, had a, a much better game than what I had anticipated going in. I thought it with its first start, um, you know, there, there'd be some nerves there and there'd be some issues. But, uh, it, you know, I think he ended up 15 to 17 or something like that for over 200 yards. Uh, ran the ball pretty, pretty well for us. So uh, I was definitely very, very happy with the way the uh, – the quarterback played and the and the running backs for the most part. Yeah, he, he missed those two passes, so you can tell the the nerves the nerves got in there at one point. It was just those two, <laughs> but uh, overall really good. And I look, and I thought that offensive line too for being as as big as it was. I mean, when you, you guys are running that triple option, get the outside, they're moving, they're getting out there. I, I was very impressed, especially when you guys go to the right side. I know that's where you got a lot of the beef there, but uh, you got to give those guys a lot of credit too. I, I thought they were absolutely great all night. I, I, again, I, they did a little bit better than I would have anticipated going in. Uh, you know, obviously we're playing without, you know, one of the best players I've ever had at the high school level. And, and C.J. Zeltwanger, you know, he's still coming off of that broken arm. When we get him back, I'll, I'm going to be really excited about running <laughs> to the right side. Um, but, we had, you know, we had a sophomore step in for him. And the sophomore's 5'11", 195 pounds. You know, so he's five or six inches smaller than C.J. He's 100 pounds lighter than C.J., but... I thought he fought. I thought he fought hard. Uh, I, I, you know, for the most part, we were covering guys up, which is all our backs need. Is if we just put bodies on bodies, they they have enough talent to uh, to make things happen. So, I, I was happy with the way the offensive line played, but I, I really think that the offensive line is going to get better and better, uh, especially when we get some guys that are dinged up back. Talking with Coach Terry Peebles here on our Hammerhead Hotline as the uh, Raiders come off that big victory against West Lafayette. Defensively, I thought, again, great really, too. Uh, Jackson Mills was great. Casey Newton, phenomenal for you guys. I felt like uh, we called his name a bunch uh, on Friday night. And uh, just just a lot of contributors out there. Again, mostly upperclassmen. But uh, I thought anytime you could slow down a, a Shane Fry-directed uh, offense, that's pretty darn impressive, and that's exactly what they did Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. I, I talked a little bit to Sam King after the football game and said other than Gavin Holsma, who, who's, a, who's a very, very good football player, we've probably got 18 to 24 other defensive players that are really good, solid players, uh, but they're kind of like interchangeable parts. You know, you can put a guy here, you can move him there. Uh, so it allows us to do a lot of different things on defense. Uh, it also allows us to play a lot of guys during the course of a game, especially early in the year when you're playing when it's 90 degrees and so on and so forth. We can rotate some guys in. But, uh, yeah, I was very happy. I was The secondary, I was very, very happy because, you know, the Kitchell kid can absolutely sling the ball. He throws the ball really, really well. And I thought Jack Gonzalez, you know, he was, a, again, a sophomore starting at corner, had a good game. Toby Willis had his first start at corner and did well. And then, you know, we had three safeties playing with, uh, obviously, with Kaysen, which is it's awesome to have Kaysen back there because you got a 6'3 free safety that's long. And then Rep Pearson's almost as long as he is. And then you got more of a thumper and Colin Farrell coming in. So, we we have a we have a nice uh, a nice thing going on defense right now. Uh, hope, hopefully we can stay healthy and continue to rotate all those guys in there and and stay productive. Yeah, and a, a tough one here is you're going to head on down to Plainfield to take on the uh, Quakers here in a rematch of that uh, sectional loss that you guys had to week one uh, last season. I don't like bringing it up. I was there. I I, I didn't dig it. Uh, but Coach Woodard is gone. Tyler Bless takes over. Uh, they seem to look pretty darn good against Terre Haute South last week, 32-13. to 13. So that defense of yours 
going to need to step up again. Uh, I'm assuming you've been able to watch a little bit of tape maybe of that game, uh, Terre Haute South and uh, Plainfield. What is it that the Quakers are doing this year that scares you the most? Well, they got almost everybody back. <laughs> so they got their quarterbacks back, and he, he's probably the best thrower that we're going to see in the regular season. Um, you know, the running back had 125 yards last week. It's probably the only, I can pretty much guarantee you it's the only team that's as big as us up front and probably even a little bit bigger. Um, so, so the size matchup, which is usually in our favor, is probably going to be more stalemate. Uh, but, but they're really good. I mean, they got probably the best defensive player we're going to see all year in the Landon, uh, Drennan kid. Uh, last week he had 13 tackles, I think three and a half for a loss, two sacks. And he's just a, he's just a wrecking ball. And he was a wrecking ball against us last year. He, he's, He's one of the reasons that, you know, we were up in the second half and, you know, he forced a turnover. They picked it up, ran it back for a touchdown, and then they, you know, they, they, they got another one there at the end on us. Uh, but, but it was all catalyst from him. I mean, that, that's, he is a one-man wrecking crew. Um, so it's probably my, – my guess is looking from week one opponents, it's probably the most complete team we're going to play this year. Now, Lafayette Jeff, you know, once their suspensions are over for a couple of their kids, they might end up uh, being a little bit more talented. But, but Plainfield is probably, right now on paper at least, the best team we're going to play in the regular season. And, uh, and I'm not sure it's close. And a potential sectional opponent as well. You may have to go through them. Uh, they're one of the four teams uh, in, in sectional 13 there, too. So how important is it to come out and kind of establish that uh, – you know, uh, we're not going to be pushed around by you guys. I mean, you really to set a tone this early in the season. That sends a message before the sectionals, doesn't it? It does. Uh, what I'm a little more concerned with is just how we match up physically against them. Uh, obviously, they get they have a new coach, even though Tyler was there as the head coach in waiting. Um, you know, he he wasn't the guy actually calling the shots. So schematically, you know, th- there's a chance that they can, you know, do some different stuff. We only have one game film on them uh, with, with the new regime. So, you know, schematically, I'm not I'm not going to get too caught up in. But I just want to see physically how we're able to match up up uh, with them. You know, I I'm not a you know the the, the games that are not in our conference. I don't want to say they don't matter. Every game matters, but. You know, our our goal is to try and win a conference championship and then to win championships in the postseason. And the first two games, you know, they they really don't. I don't want to again. I don't want to say they don't matter, but they're they're important. You know, yeah, yeah. We, we we use them as a learning experience. And you know, I think we've only gone two and zero. You know, one time in twenty five years, and that was a Tony Martin two thousand ten team. I think that started out two and zero. So, so going two and zero is 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 less important than making positive strides and, and basically setting ourselves up to to be the best football team we can be in week three when when we start with our uh, with our conference season. It's a good test here for your Harrison Raiders as they head down to Plainfield Friday night uh, seven o'clock as they take on another one and zero team. In the Plainfield Quakers. Coach Terry Peebles, buddy, it is always a pleasure. Again, congratulations, Region 4 Coach of the Week. And uh, let's see you guys go 2-0. and We'll talk about it next week. Sound good to you? Yeah, sounds Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. We're over to our Hammerhead hotline and excited for our first call with the folks over at uh, Purdue Sports. Uh, Scott is over there. Uh, Caitlin is over there. Our new girl Madison is over there. Guys, great to have you on as always. Uh, another exciting season of Purdue Athletics is now underway in a very busy week here. 
Uh, let's start out with, first up, soccer. Uh, one and one, huge game on Sunday. They eight goals, very exciting stuff. Uh, it was a lot of fun. you got to get out and support this team because they're great. Uh, let's talk about two games this week, Madison, here. we got something going on Thursday, and we've got stuff going on Sunday. Talk to me about what we got going on on Thursday first. Yeah, so Thursday we'll take on Valpo. That'll be at 7 p.m., and this is Mental Health Awareness Night. So we'll have a dog petting station, and we encourage fans to wear green in support of mental health awareness. Wait, I get to come out and pet dogs and watch soccer? Yep. <sighs> Sign me up. And uh, then on Sunday, uh, heck, there's always dogs on Sunday, too, at Folk Field, isn't there? Yes, every Sunday. So you do pooches on the pitch Sunday. Who do we take on Sunday? What time is kickoff on Sunday? Sunday will be against Wake Forest. That's at 1 p.m. And then this will be Educator Appreciation Day and our camper reunion. And we'll have a kid zone set up with tailgate games and bounce houses. They're going to be disappointed when they find out Wake Forest isn't actually in a forest. Did you know that? <laughs> I did know that. There you go. Fun facts there. So soccer again Thursday, 7 o'clock, uh, with the mental health awareness game. And, uh, you know, come on out and pet the dogs. And then, of course, on Sunday. And uh, how much does it cost for a ticket to come out to Folk Field? Nothing. Admission is free to every home game. I love it. You love that stuff. Now, we've got uh, volleyball coming back this week with the uh, Reamer Club Extra Special Premier. Uh, and this is a whole action-packed weekend, Scott, isn't it? Sure is. And we're starting off the season Friday at 7 p.m. against Duke for the home opener. We will be giving out our season poster at that game. Um, leading into Saturday at 3.30, Purdue's taking on Creighton. It is Taylor Swift night, so we have a special... What? what? Yeah, you heard it. Uh, we have a special, unique uh, Dave's version poster that we'll be handing out. Uh, <laughs> we have custom Purdue friendship bracelets and a whole lot more. So it should be a fun night. Um, if you're coming, you can dre- get dressed in your favorite Eras Tour outfit. And then Sunday, we're capping off the first weekend against Loyola Chicago. That is at 3 p.m. Um, in Holloway Gymnasium. So Taylor Swift night is Saturday the 26th. It's actually afternoon. 3.30, again, that's against 18th ranked Creighton. Um, I know you heard Taylor Swift, and then you kind of, you, everybody just goes, uh, you know, kind of blacks out there for a second uh, and misses all the details. But uh, that sounds like that is a, a fun matchup. Again, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is the uh, extra special premiere. Uh, this is a fantastic volleyball team. If I, I do need tickets for volleyball, I know that. Are tickets still available for this weekend? Um, for this weekend, there are no tickets available. But you can go to a third party and purchase tickets if you'd like. Are there, do we have, I mean, for the whole season, are we sold out for the whole season just yet, or are there a couple options still? We're very close. Um, right now, the only game that is left is um, against UCF. That is September 14th. We have under 100 tickets left. So if you don't have tickets, this is definitely a team you don't want to miss out on. So head on over to PurdueSports.com, get your tickets, because um, they will sell out and, you won't want to miss the action this year um, in Holloway. They never go out of style. There you go. Taylor Swift night, Saturday the 26th. Sounds like a whole lot of fun. Uh, and then let's not forget, football's only, a, what, a week and a half away here. So uh, I'm very excited to go check out the new South End Zone, see the tunnel and everything, too. Uh, do we still have some tickets available for Fresno State in the opener? We do. Um, so if you're looking to come to football and you know support Coach Walters in his first season as head coach, now's the time to do it. Um, join us for our home opener and the 100th season in Roth Aid. 
100. You got to get out there for this. And uh, make sure you save those tickets, too. You want to tell your uh, kids, your grandkids, that you were there when they redid all this for the first time. Guys, it's always a pleasure. Sounds like an action-packed week here of Purdue Athletics. We'll talk to you next week. Boiler up. Boiler up. Big thanks to those guys for uh, chiming in here. Again, a lot of great promotions going on there. Chances to get out there and see this volleyball team as well. Taylor Swift, that's going to be a big hit. I can already tell that. Uh, all right. So let's get into some of the big news. You know, yesterday we talked um, a little bit about the Colts and, and their weekend. And I said on the program that, to me, it didn't make any sense to continue to hold on to Jonathan Taylor. If you're going to go with Anthony Richardson, um, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not making a run. You just don't, that's not being a hater. That's common sense. Rookies don't lead the teams at quarterback to Super Bowl championships, right? It's a very stacked AFC. You talk about the limits that he does have with his experience and everything. It's perfectly reasonable to suggest that this is going to be a learning process for him and that he's going to be given a lot of, you know, leash length here, so to speak, throughout the season. So if you're going to do that and you have no interest in messing with Jonathan Taylor next year, if you're not even going to try to franchise tag him, which they might have, you might as well get something for him. While you still can. If he's not in your long-term plans, and those plans got to start getting executed next year, then why not move him? Now, Stephen Holder of ESPN says that Colts want first-round pick compensation. Or at least that level. I'm here to tell you, it ain't going to happen. You have one good comp here, right? You go buy a house where they always do. They, they give you the comps in the area, right? Here's what like uh, houses in your area are going for. Sometimes a little higher, sometimes lower. Depends on you know the neighborhood. It's nearby. Um, sometimes the house is newer. You know those sort of things. You got one really good comp here. The Panthers traded Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers. What last uh, last season, mid season, the Panthers in return for Christian McCaffrey got a 2023 uh, second round, third round, fourth round picks, and a fifth round pick in next year's draft. Does that equal a first round compensation for you if you were the Colts? Absolutely, it does. Colts can sit here and point and say, see, there you go. We want the Christian McCaffrey deal. Two, two problems with that. One, although Christian McCaffrey is injury prone, he was not injured at the time. Jonathan Taylor's still on that PUP list. Just working his way back. Any team facility that he shows up to, he's going to be limited in what he's going to show you. Two. Christian McCaffrey is on a deal up uh, through the 2024 season. Or is it 2025? Still, 
two and a half, three and a half years left on the deal. That's locked in. You know what you got. Here, you have to do the deal with Taylor. That adds a hurdle. Teams know what he wants. Perhaps they're willing to settle for this. I don't know. But there's the one good comp. Outside of that, you want got nothing. Last time we did a big deal in season for running back LaShawn McCoy for Kiko Alonso, 2015. There is a precedent for a running back traded for a first-round pick. You got to go back to September of 2013. And it's quite possibly one of the worst trades in team history. Colts for Trent Richardson. Colts only traded Marshall Falk to the Rams for a second and a fifth round pick. If you can get a second and a fifth round pick, that's pretty darn good. But there's hurdles here. Because you have to get them to agree to a deal before you go and talk to the Colts. You're simply not going to spend draft capital to bring a guy in, work his way back from injury somewhere during the season, and then, you know, worry about not signing. It, it just it can't happen like that. It's not going to happen like that. At a position that we've talked about here in the recent past has been very devaluated across the league. But I don't think the Colts can get a first-round pick. First off, they may be able to get you know three or four picks late in the rounds, but I even think that's a little bit high. Right? Because McCaffrey, although there's some injury comp there, I get that, was still under... You, you still had him under team control for several years. This you don't have... With Jonathan Taylor, too. If you do not want to pay Jonathan Taylor money as a first-round pick for your team, and nobody else in the NFL wants to go out there and take a running back in the first round, please tell me why I should be the one to fork over a first-round pick for a guy that you don't value at the first round. Or at least not enough to pay the man. It's not like it's not like the old days where you had like a die or edge or somebody like that, you know, coming up the charts and hey, we can move the older guy out, guy's getting ready to be free agent. Let's get some value for him. We're gonna let the young stud come. They don't have that. That's not the situation here. So as a team. If Ursay says, Ballard says, no, it's the first round or we're not talking, I tell them we're not talking because you don't value him at that. You're trying to get me to overpay. So if you rather have him back, help with Anthony Richardson for the one year for the development, whenever you do get him back, go right ahead. Here's the conspiracy theorist in me, though. I think this is just a negotiation tactic by the Colts. 
I'll explain. We just went through all these cows. I think they know nobody will fork over a first-round draft pick for Jonathan Taylor. They know that. I think they suspect that pretty much nobody's going to give him the money that he wants in his impending free agency. And I think they plan to put the franchise tag on him. I think that's where they're at. So by letting him go out there and talk to other teams, while he may be able to work out a money deal, maybe, you have that poison pill in there of a first-round draft pick. And you say, nobody's going to give him the money and the draft pick. Nobody's going to do it. So now you can go out there. He can see what it's like out there on the market and realize he's not going to get what he wants. But you offer him something generous to stay. Maybe they do that. Maybe that's the whole point. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Because look at the free agent market right now. Look how long it took for Dalvin Cook. And even then, he didn't get the money that he wanted. Josh Jacobs is not getting the deal that he wants. These are the best in the league. Or, he does go out there. He does get a deal that he's willing to take for a lot of money. And the team is willing to give you the first-round pick. If you're the Colts, you say, great. We'll take a first-round pick for a guy we didn't want anymore. Essentially. But I think they do want to try to retain him in some way. This may be like your realtor showing you a house that you checks off all your boxes, all your boxes after you've been unreasonable, and then you see what the price is, and you go, "Uh huh, you see." Maybe they're letting this happen as kind of a wake up call, where you either come back to the table and realize that you were asking for too much, or I get the compensation that I couldn't pass up. One or the other. So we'll see what happens. If it's going to happen, it's going to have to happen quickly. But I honestly think the Colts want to, I really think they want him back in that. Look who's left. Kenyon Drake, Deion Jackson, Zach Moss is hurt. You got the rookie, Evan Hall. Kareem Hunt showed up, said, nah, I'm good. There's your other problem, too. You got a guy like Hunt that's still out there. If I really need the running back help, tell me, why do I need to give up the first-round pick? I think the Colts are doing this just to... It's almost a win-win for them. Either he goes out there, figures out what he wanted, isn't realistic, nobody else is going to give it to him, and you got a chance, or you come back with a good offer and... You're good to go. In a year that you don't expect to really contend in the playoffs, it might be a win-win for them. We'll see what happens. We're going to take our final break. We'll wrap it up next. It's the Hammer Down Show. Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. How's it going? 
I'll tell you what. Time to wrap up the show here. We had great guests today, Terry Peebles. Uh, those crazy kids from Purdue uh, marketing on with us as well. Let's get to some of the things we may have missed. Uh, hey, you uh, Bears fans, you remember Tark Cohen? Missed the 2021 season while he had the ACL injury. He was out of football last season recovering. Ready to go. Drew Rosenhaus repping him. He's 28. Wants to come back. Good luck. I it just it rarely works out where you have guys that miss like more than a year, and then they are ever able to come back and perform at that level. It just does not does not happen often. But I'll root for him. Best of luck, Tar Cohen. Let's see if you at least find a practice squad or something. Something. I was sad to read that the Milwaukee Brewers could be looking into relocation already. They want $448 million for stadium renovations from Milwaukee. Otherwise, they want to go to Nashville. $448 million worth of renovations. Brewers lease runs through 2030. They want this done now. Wisconsin governor says he can secure $290 million in funding for stadium improvements. But outside of that, I, I hate these stadium taxpayer-funded ridiculousness that continues to happen. I, I, I mean, the dude that owns the club is worth how much money? He works in finance, hundreds of millions of dollars, and they rarely want to kick anything in. And they're so quick to say, hey, we'll move here. It's a bigger, better deal. See you later. 70 years in the market, and they would just up and leave over a couple of hundred million dollars and some improvements. It's just amazing to me that how quickly some of these owners will hold cities hostage for taxpayer money. Millionaires, they want a new tax, they want the bonds, gimme, 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 gimme. We need something new or we're going to move. Now, it's what? It's American Family Field now? Is that where we're at? Opened in 2001. Now, Nashville's becoming a big party place now. They're getting a new football stadium. Now, obviously, Oakland and Las Vegas are, sounds like they're doing this thing. I. I I don't I don't understand spending that many hundreds of millions of dollars and it's it's literally right out the bat it's, I need this or I'm gone sorry I know it's seven years down the road but you know there's all those clauses they get out early they'll pay the literally they will pay the money to get out of the lease early which is basically what the balance would probably be 
for them in stadium improvements. That's where they lose me with this stuff. And so sick and tired of it. 70 years in the community, and you are just up and ready to leave no problem. It's tough, man. Cold world out there. That's going to do it for us on the Hammer Down Show. I want to thank you guys for listening yet again today. Thank you to Coach Terry Peebles. Again, congratulations to him on his uh, Region 4 Coach of the Week Award. Uh, tomorrow we are back. Um, man, we've got Brian Nay. I've got I talked to Pat Shanley earlier today. So we still got more coaches this week. Yeah, uh, one of them I promised was going to be on tomorrow. I just haven't figured out which one yet. So that'll be good. You'll want to come back here. It'll be Wednesday, and we'll spend a whole hour talking nothing but local sports with you. That'll be back again tomorrow here on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. I will see you back here tomorrow.